Perhaps some of you have the idea that since I was feeling a little sick today, there'd be less incense. You were mistaken. I want to talk today about what made Joseph a righteous man, such a devout man. I was reminded of a story that when I was up in Moscow over Thanksgiving break, I was late for our Thanksgiving dinner, and I was driving out to Troy for that, but on the way I had this strong sense from within that I needed to go by St. Mary's Catholic Church. And there's a lot of times I have a sense when I should go to church, but it's a guilt. It's like a guilt, like an oppression, like you should go. You should just go make a visit. This one came from within. Like I wanted to do it. And there was this, um, this just this sense of I should go. And I went by St. Mary's Catholic Church. All the lights were off. And I just went and I knelt in front of the tabernacle. And I was there for like two minutes. And this heard the door open behind me. And a man walked down the center. And he... Uh, just went to the left of me, but he knelt down right in front of the sanctuary. And I could hear after a minute that he was started to sob. He was just sitting there for a long time. And at one point, I just wanted to kind of leave him at that moment um, to just let him, you know, experience whatever the Lord had on his heart. But at one point he got up and he walked over to me and said, are, are you a Catholic priest? I said, yes. He goes, are you the priest here? I said, no, I'm I grew up here my whole life, but I'm from BSU. And he goes, he goes I don't want to go to confession. I was like, all right, that's all, that's all right. He said, I don't know how to. I don't know how to go to confession. I was like, has it been a while since you've gone to confession? He goes, it's been 20 years, but I don't want to go because I don't know how. I said, well, I can, I can walk you through that. We can, we can do it together. Okay, I'll go to confession. And then I was like, okay, Lord, this is why you wanted me to come here today. So it was a very beautiful moment that we had together. And it just happened that we both walked into that church at the same time. Um, I want to talk about responding to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit, God in our life, because that's how angels speak with us. And what it means to be righteous, we could think it's to follow all the external laws, to just do do what we're commanded to do and think that that's sufficient. But true righteousness flows from within. It's being guided by a voice. And Joseph himself came to this crossroads in his life in the gospel that we just heard today. Because when he found out that Mary, who says was his wife, was um, pregnant, that's ground for divorce at this time. And not only divorce, but stoning. So if this was made public, that Mary was with child before they were together by another man, that would be grounds for her being stoned. There's two stages. It's not like they were just um, promised, like fiancés, engaged. In the Jewish custom, when marriage was a two-stage process, you first had where you would promise yourselves to each other in the presence of witnesses, and then a year later, you'd have the coming together into one home but you were already married. And that's why she's called um, your wife to Joseph. So Joseph would have been completely justified to divorce Mary publicly. But it just shows, you know, out of a sense of, you know, um, humility, mercy, whatever, Joseph wanted to do it silently so she wouldn't be held accountable publicly for this. There's also another interpretation of reverential fear. 
that Joseph found out from Mary that she was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't understand it, but he didn't feel worthy to be a part of that mystery. And so he was going to divorce her silently so that she could just belong to God. Either way, the angel appears to Joseph and at this moment commands him to go against what the law itself would have asked him to do, to take Mary, your wife, into your home. And a lot of Jesus' destiny was dependent upon Joseph saying yes, because Jesus was called the son of David. Right? And that was part of the prophecies that the Messiah had to come from the line of David. But Mary didn't come from the line of David. It was Joseph who was the son of David in his descendants. So Joseph played a very key role in salvation history. And it responded to, and it was dependent upon his response to this angel at this time. And that's what made Joseph a righteous man. Not because his conformity to law, but his conformity to the inspiration of God at every moment in his life. That's what makes a devout life. That's the goal of everything. To live my life by the word of God speaking to me. There's one of my favorite images of uh, St. Joseph as an icon. Icons, the eyes are very important. They're usually very bright and big, representing contemplation. But with this image, Joseph um, is carrying the baby Jesus on his shoulders, and his eyes are closed. And there's a great significance in the fact that his eyes are closed. And it means that Joseph lived his life by contemplation. When he carried Jesus, when he protected Mary, he wasn't analyzing and intellectualizing all the different options he should do and acting accordingly. He was walking by the revelation of God to him at every moment from this point of taking Mary into your wife when the angel appeared to him later and tells him that he must go to Egypt. He was always looking to the Holy Spirit, to God, to guide him in his next steps. And that's the goal of every one of our lives. I actually heard a story just recently about, um, based on this, uh, there's a guy who was in a restaurant and he said, he was just sitting there and he was with somebody else, but he saw this woman sitting by herself. And he got this overwhelming sense within him that he had to go up to her and say that she looked splendid. Something like that. She looked, she looked spectacular. Um, I've never got that inspiration, thanks be to God. But, uh, he, um, but he was thinking, like, I can't say that. That's going to be so awkward. You know, and he, but this was just overwhelming him. I need to go to her and say that she looks spectacular. He walks over to her and he says, I'm sorry, I don't need to intrude. Um, I'm actually a married man, but I just want to tell you that you look spectacular. And the woman started to weep. And she said, you just used the word that my husband used to say to me all the time. And today was our one year anniversary since his death. And I came out in remembrance of him. Right? So the Holy Spirit put that word on that man's, man's heart to give to her as a sign of like your, thought, your husband's okay. And you're still seeing, 
you're still loved. But he had to step out in that vulnerability to say yes to that. And that's the true goal of our life, to live in the Spirit. We walk by faith, not by sight. By the Word of God telling us every day where we should go and what we should do. You know, recently I've been, I've kind of come to accept my deeper identity. I've been struggling with it for a long time, fighting it for years, trying to suppress it, not talk about it, escape it. Um, But I just can't do it anymore. You know, I'm, I must ex- express my truest self at this point. This is the first time I'm saying this out loud in front of other people. What, what better place than a public harmony? Um, but I confess that deep down I have been and always will be a bar priest, as the priest calls me, as the bishop calls me. And this is something that, you know, he pointed out to me. He's like, your deepest encounters you, you always tell me about have always happened in bars. And I was like, this is, it's crazy, but, and it's, it's really, you know, it's awesome because I never go to the bars more than five times a week. And I'm telling you, this happens <laughs> all the time, you know, so it's, it's obviously God. Um, but I even had, and so last time we were in Moscow this last week for Focus Retreat, and again, it's just a pretty incredible bar experience. There's nothing like walking into a bar with your collar on, Right. You're a magnet. You're a magnet for a lot of conversation and, and some negative negativity, but it comes with the field and it keeps things interesting anyway. But I realized like this destiny as a bar priest was really within me even back when I was in seminary, the first time I ever had a bar experience. And um, I had gone back. I was in seminary for four years. Went back to Moscow uh, just to visit home for a couple weeks. And on Thursday nights, I was converted by the, to the faith by going every Thursday night to church to pray from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. called Gethsemane Hours. And it was really powerful. You just go with a few people and you do the whole rosary and all these devotions to the Passion of Christ. And so when I was back there, I was asked to come help join and lead that now that I'm a holy seminarian. Well, I, earlier that day, I went to Casa Lopez. And I you know, had this great meal there. And I left the meal with my friends. And um, I had been praying for a woman that uh, I had known back before when I was going to church at St. Mary's. I, I used to go there when I was a kid and I'd always see her in the front row and she had like five kids with her. And she always just looked, she reminded me immediately of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She always looked like such a holy, good woman and just very sweet and devout. And I remember like the last time I had seen her was when I went off to seminary. And then like two years after that, I heard that she had you know, gone through a crisis, gone through a divorce, lost her children, stopped going practicing the faith, like just beyond my wildest dreams of whatever would have happened to her. So for two years, I tried to find a way to get in touch with her, but I couldn't. I never couldn't find her. Couldn't, so all I could do was pray for her. So this day I'm back, go to lunch with my friends, and I met this church doing these prayers, and I've never been more uninterested in praying in my life. Like, I just, I did not want to be there. It just wasn't feeling right. And I was really hungry by 12 o'clock at night, and all I could think about was that Casa Lopez food. And I left it with my friends, and so at one point I just, I, I was praying about it, and I just felt the Lord saying, you can leave. Like, we can go home. The only thing that was keeping me in this devout service was just guilt. 
and mixed with this intense longing to be with our Lord and just follow his voice and this hunger coming from within, I was like, maybe I can just go. So I leave that church and I uh, call my friends on the way home. I'm like, just let me pick up my food. Where are you guys at? They were at the corner club. Anyone who knows the corner club, it's like the raunchiest of the bars in Moscow. It's the big college bar. And so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just drive by, bring me out my food. And so I'm feeling really guilty at this point. The fact that I'm, you know, breaking my, my code of like leaving the church early on this devotion and, and going. When I get there and my friends to play a joke, we're like, well, we brought your food inside. So the nice holy seminarian has to come into the corner club if he's going to get his food back. And so I'm, I'm just like arguing with him. Finally, I come inside and uh, I go in the back and I'm talking to him. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this woman sitting out on the outside balcony in a dress and like her hair flowing over her. And I look over and she, at the same time she looked at me and it was that woman that I hadn't seen in four years. And right when she saw me, she dropped her, her beverage and just broke down in tears. And I walked over to her and I just, I hugged her. I was so happy to see her, but she kept saying to me, why are you here? Why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. And I just kept, I've been looking for you so much. I've been thinking about you and praying for you. And she was just crying. And I remember two things very distinctly. Number one, she said, will you pray with me? Will you pray the Hail Holy Queen with me? And so I held her hand and we started praying the Hail Holy Queen together. And out of the court, like right behind her, I just remember, there's a guy leaning over, like vomiting into the bushes in the background as we're sitting there at this bar praying the Hail Holy Queen together. And uh, that night, a star was born. A star bar priest. So that was the first of it. So I walked her home, and, and we, we stayed in touch ever since then, you know, still to this day. My point being is sometimes God's voice leads us into a church. Sometimes God's voice leads us into a bar. And we have to be comfortable with either one without sin. We don't sin, but our righteousness does not come from being totally just external, external formalities of being in churches and saying rosaries and doing the right thing all the time. That's necessary. But true righteousness that Joseph teaches us is attention to the Holy Spirit, to the voice of God speaking in my heart. At every moment, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. I just finished a spiritual retreat this last summer, and my last words to my spiritual director was how. Like, how am I going to hold on to the graces I've received? Like, how am I going to go back into the world and really live this? I don't want to lose what I've received in this time. And he said to me something I've never forgotten. He said, how is a profane word? How is a diabolical word? Because behind the question how is a doubt of God's providence over you. The answer is who. Who will take care of you? And that's up to the Father to protect you wherever you go, wherever he leads you. And that's the goal of our spiritual life. Not to figure out everything we're supposed to do, but give ourselves over to the one who reveals it 
at every single moment. And that revelation, Joseph, led to Emmanuel, God with us. And that is a reality we continue to experience every time we come to this Mass and we celebrate the sacrifice on this altar. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of David, once again joins us in the Most Holy Eucharist. Emmanuel, God with us.